Don't frazzle my It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Just spamming a bunch of stuff on there. I don't even know what I'm clicking on. There's a conversation, and I'm like, add the broadcast, like, add the broadcast. You ready? Oh, I don't have a mic on. You should put your mic on. I'm not ready. Are you ready? Is I'm the question, ready. Nicole. Nicole is not ready. Hey, everybody, we're back. You know the schedule? It allows you guys to miss us a little bit. Aww. You know, like we were the neighbor that comes over too often before, but now we're the neighbor that comes over a little less often. A little less often. <laughs> but here we are. A little eleven. A little bit eleven. Uh, this is the uh, the live show that we do yep. on a uh, every other week basis, and it's all about woodworking. And my name is Mark, and I'm Nicole. And uh, we've got questions pre-selected uh, because you know some people actually help support the show financially, not just by watching, but they actually pull uh, some of their hard-earned money out and send it our way, which we really appreciate. Those people get priority treatment for their questions. But if you're here live, you could just ask a question in the chat, and Nicole Especially will grab that sucker early. She will she will slap it, flip it, and rub it down. I just copy and paste really. or that uh so if you want to help support the show like some of the people who asked the questions today um go to patreon.com slash wood or you could find the uh, little membership thing on youtube as well mm-hmm. um they're pretty much equivalent you get the same stuff uh, but there's just more stuff on patreon yeah more stuff patreon yeah. gives us more tools so uh we can only do so much on youtube hello from australia well i'm not in australia matthew hello. matthew's in australia yeah i'm gonna put look at that into the broadcast. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So uh, I do want to thank some people. David Edmond, Marlon Horton, uh, John Lawrence, Juan Zavalos, Bernie Zhang, and Judy Grass. Judy Grass. Hi, Judy. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for helping support the show. We appreciate it. We do. So, hey, quick announcement. Had a video come out today. You did. It was the uh, what not to do with a router. Too many cooks. <laughs> Things that you should not do with routers. <laughs> And I've got a little preview. If you haven't seen it already, I'm going to spoil the funniest part. It's the only funny part, but I'm going to spoil it. Your husband's a dork. I knew this. You don't, you're not telling me anything I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and what surprised me most when I watched this, I said, oh, too many cooks. And Mark's like, what? Yeah, what are you I don't talking? know what you're talking so about. So I started to wa- show him too many cooks. If you're not familiar with too many cooks, you just go on YouTube. Hey, you're here already. Just type in too many cooks. It's an adult swim um, 11 minute. Not kid friendly. <laughs> not kid friendly. Uh, Weird, very weird, but it kind of spoofs Starts all that. Starts off very yes. normal. Very normal. Then goes very not normal. Yes. Very quickly. So, uh, yeah. But that's what that made me think of. Yeah. And I had, I really thought you would had known that reference. Mm, I don't watch anything. <laughs> I just watch YouTube. Oh, you're uh, funny. So, yeah. You, yeah, if you guys uh, want to see the full video, of course, it's on our website. It's on this channel. Um, it was released this morning. So it's there waiting for you. I'm going to jump right into the questions, uh, the, unless there's anything pressing we need to cover. The thumbnail said 91821, the thumbnail. 
What thumbnail? I don't know what yeah. anyone is talking about anymore. I'm just going to answer All people's right. questions. All right, well, we're here. So. Tony Tang, double T, Tony Tang says, do you think using a fan to blow wind on newly finished furniture could make it cure faster? Could it cause negative effects? By the way, I miss the weekly funny and informative-ish Friday Live. Well, <laughs> I wish I could say that I did miss it. I enjoy the schedule. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, it makes me much more refreshed each time we yeah, do it. We're refreshed. We have the ability to do stuff on Friday night now. Yeah, you know, Friday night, if we're going to go out, like, as a couple sans kids and have a grandmom watch the kids, like, that's the only night we're really going to be able to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So you guys are giving us a relationship pack. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. seriously, though, it's cool. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So Tony Tang wants to blow wind on his furniture. You know, I don't think it's that big of a deal if the... Is it... If, is the finish dry? That's the question. Like, is, is it, it a freshly applied finish? It's sitting there wet and you put a fan on it? Uh, that I wouldn't do. Why wouldn't you do nib, it? Dust nibs. She knows about the dust nibs. I know about the dust nibs. Yeah, you're kicking up dust in the shop. It's not a great idea. But if you can say that it is mostly dry to the touch and now you're trying to speed up the cure, I think it might help. I mean, the bottom line is air exchange. Fresh air is something that's very good. So I don't know, you know, if it's in a closet and there's a fan on it, is that going to cure faster? I, I, it's hard to say, but air circulation is not a bad thing. There are also times where the furniture stinks because of the finish. Mm. So getting a fan on that kind of helps speed that process up. Do you remember when I used Rubio on the, um, the bread bin, the bread yeah, box? It was stinky. And it was kind of stinky. And I just left a fan on it for about a week and then uh, it actually did make a difference and, and kind of accelerated its loss of that smell, the off-gassing. So there, it might play a role how much it actually speeds it up. I'd be lying if I acted like I know for sure that it would speed things up. But air exchange and fresh air is never a bad thing with a curing finish. <laughs> hey, we just got a really nice super chat from uh, Ridestrom C. Let's see if I can find that. Yep. You'll see it. It'll be highlighted. Do, 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 do. Very nice. Thank, thank you, you. Ridestrom. Is that how you say Ridestrom? Ridstrom? Ridstrom C. Said, thank you for all the content all these years. Did you know mm -hmm. October 10th is our 15 year anniversary of the Wood Whisper? Is it really? October 10th, shortly. I got a weird notice on my YouTube studio when I logged in today. They give you like announcements and, mm -hmm. and stuff in the dashboard. And it said, today is your YouTube channel's birthday. Hmm. So does that mean so that you made, I started the Wood Whisperer you, YouTube channel? Yeah. And yeah, probably. Yeah, started it, and it wasn't until like November, was mm -hmm. it, that I posted no, my first October video? No, October tenth. October. I'm telling you, October tenth. That I, that was when I posted the first video. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. To have yeah. the account for like a month. Because I or two. go back to your first post. And yeah. Uh, your first post was October tenth. What year? <laughs> two thousand six. Yeah. So, so thank you, Ride Strom. Yeah, thank you so that much. was very generous and so nice of you. Uh, Chris Paisley had a question, very important one. Ah, which this, Assassin's Creed? This is, this is after show. Oh, that's after Spotter. show material. Okay. You know what? <laughs> but you're wearing the, your uh, Abstergo yeah. shirt that I got you. <laughs> Black Flag, I think, was one of my favorites. That was the first one that got you into it. Brotherhood is mine. The the pirate ship mechanics mm -hmm. and the uh, the ship battles was addictive. Yeah. I really really enjoyed it. Hey, uh, Ben's Woodworking and More is in the chat. Hey, Jason Ben. Yep. I'm you assuming. Said, yep. Yep. Ben's Woodworking. What's up, dude? And More. I want to know what that More is. Well, you, <laughs> you really got to know him very well to find out what the More is. He says, how's your push for more content been going? I don't know. Any noticeable trends? Shorts. Here's a trend. You make more videos, 
You get more views. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was just lamenting today about how the fact that YouTube shorts and the success of several of the, our shorts, we have one that's approaching 5 million views. Boy, does that really distort the numbers when yeah. you're trying to figure out, like, what's the effect of the last few months? And you have these, like, four or five anomalies that don't fit the rest of the, the numbers. It's really hard to, like, figure out what any of this stuff means now. So I've said it before. I'm more confused now than I was when we started. But the one thing that's true is you make more content, more people watch, uh, you get more views. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to be good. But I wish I had a little bit more of, like, my finger on the pulse of what the actual results of this experiment were. Yeah, that's, I a, tell uh, you, that's a very long way of saying we have no idea. We have no idea. The one effect that I can say is is definitive because it's internal, yeah. there is a repetitive muscle sort of that happens as you create content and you get on a roll um, being funny and trying to be, mm -hmm. okay, let me rephrase that, trying to be funny. <laughs> this is something that the Creative. more you um, exercise that creativity, yeah. good, good word, uh, the, the easier it becomes and the faster these things come to you. Um, the long breaks between videos for me sometimes is actually counterproductive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just not as fast at getting them out. I may not think of funny things because I'm inundated with work. So there are positive uh, things that happen just because of the frequency. So I, I still don't know what the plan is and where we're going from here. Just a quick uh, shout out to Matthew Baus, our uh, wonderful show note creator. You know, oh, yeah. You know those show notes that just come up and pop up at the bottom? Mm -hmm. That's Matthew. Yeah, nice it's job, his Matt. fifth year wedding anniversary today. Well, Here's to an incredibly understanding wife because he's here doing show notes. You could take a day M off, Mrs. Baus, thank you. <laughs> She's watching too. <laughs> She's Actually, like... he's got her doing it. So. <laughs> it's a good uh, collaboration. Uh, you know what Vic actually says something here? Vic F. Great seeing Vic. you on Steve uh, Steve's podcast. Oh, yeah. So if you, I should have mentioned this, uh, Steve Ramsey does an interview show, and I was uh, fortunate to be interviewed by him. So if you go to Woodworking for Mere Mortals on YouTube, I think it's the last, the latest is it interview. Is it on his main channel? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. and we had lots of conversations about uh, YouTube, about woodworking, and actually I think he... Uh, the guy gives a great interview. It was one of my favorite interviews I've oh, ever you're, done. Oh, you're, you've been replaced by Matthew Outlaw, or Matt Outlaw. Oh, okay. So, so wherever it went. Where are you at? I don't know, but you're looking at everyone else's oh, videos there. Oh, sorry. I just went. <laughs> it's not that long ago. Oh, uh, yeah. A couple videos It was back. last week. You're already three down. Yeah. You've been bumped. I'm nobody anymore. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for that, Steve. I'll link to it in the show. Yeah, you guys uh, should check it out. It was fun. Okay, hold on. Let me get back to my questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. We I do have those. Raider Rojo or Rojo. Hey, guys, I'm looking at upgrading my bandsaw. I have an 80s Delta 14-inch bandsaw. It does great at what I need it to do, but it also does great at getting sawdust everywhere. I'm curious if your Powermatic has good dust collection or... Oh, we got a screen request from one of the kids. Oh, okay. I'm curious if your Powermatic has good dust collection or if you have any other suggestions about good bandsaws with good dust collection. Well, I'm going to throw this to the chat room because I could tell you the Powermatic is a very similar format to, you know, the Delta, the Grizzly, anything in that standard, you know, round, roundish top 14 inch format. They don't do a great job at dust collection. I don't think they really even try very hard to do a good job at dust collection. I find the dust collection does improve if you go to a larger size and, and significantly so on my PM. I'm looking over here because that's where my saws are. Uh, the PM 1500 is uh, that's the 15 inch model. Pretty good dust collection on that. But my 14 inch bandsaw, Nicole, look at all that dust. You see all that dust there? Yeah, I do. Not, not that great uh, because it's a limitation of that particular style. 
Um, so chat room, you guys have any experience with something in that same size range, uh, 14 inch, that actually has good dust collection? I'd love to know. And actually, uh, Raider would love to know. <laughs> uh, Richard Clemens says, it looks like you were channeling your uh, inner Bob Saget in that skit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were looking at primarily uh, Perfect Strangers. Yeah. And then, of course, Full House. Oh, Balky. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Early did a nice super chat, and he said, for the router video intro. <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay. Um, uh, Weston also says, with the recent glue revelations... Does that change the value of a double tenon joint versus a single? I've always understood it was for the sake of more glue surface. More glue surface and more structure. Uh, I made a video on this as well. I didn't even talk about that. That was like a unexpected release on Sunday, I believe it was, uh, addressing the end grain glue myths video. Even after I posted that video and I've given even more thought heard a lot of conversation about all this stuff and just the back and forth that's going on let me just put it this way guys gals this changes nothing it, i mean it, it really doesn't it should not change anything that you do uh if that changes something you're doing in, t- in terms of let's at least say furniture joinery you're going down the wrong path it's some interesting information that came out of that it sprung up some really good debate um, obviously, the woodworking world is very bored because this is what it takes for us to get all excited <laughs> about something. It's the bench cookies all over again. It's like bench cookies in 2009. <laughs> um, but in the end, this should not be changing anything for you. Uh, even I, I've had people go, well, it's a, it's a total game changer for segmented turners. And it's like, is it though? Have you guys been using little mortise and tenons between your segments? You know, you, most of the time you're just cutting your angles and you're gluing it together and putting a band clamp on there. Then you glue all your sections together. What is it actually changing for you? Uh, maybe it might change your awareness of certain things. But in the end, you know, people are getting excited about this end grain to end grain joint. And it was something with, you know, reasonably long ports I broke with my bare hands. Yes, it's a little stronger than we thought. But I don't know that this is the game changer that a lot of people are, are saying it is. So hopefully... He continues, um, Patrick Sullivan, continues to do more videos on this topic because he's got people's attention. And I want to see what other tests he does. But there are, you know, flaws to it. And there's flaws to the logic. And there's definitely flaws to the logic that a lot of people are walking away from um, with their conclusions. So honestly, though, in the end, I think the best way I could sum it up is it doesn't change anything for most of us. (laughs) Doesn't change anything. Andy, no. Yes. Andy says... Any tips on how to resaw a board on a bandsaw? I'm not doing anything crazy. Just trying to split a uh, four to six inch wide four quarter cherry board in half for smaller thickness project. Um, Final mill thickness will be about a quarter inch to an eighth of an inch. Do I need to use a different blade? I'll answer that first. I mean, not necessarily. I don't know what blade you have. And I also don't know what results you're seeing that makes you think you might need a different blade. But you do want a fairly aggressive blade for resawing. You want, um, I don't know, what, three to four teeth per inch. Uh, something like that will have enough space between the teeth to allow all the the wood chips and stuff to the wood dust uh, to kind of clear keeps the heat nice and low and also means that you can feed it fairly aggressively and get some good progress that way so you might need to but you know it depends on what kind of performance you're seeing he says also on my first uh, try i noticed once i thickness planed the board that i lost the grain match on the open face uh, do I have to make this split surface cleaner so that there's not much material to remove if I want to keep a matched face? I'm not needing this for a project, just wondering in the future. Well, not always. I mean, it kind of depends on the board. So when you split a board like this and you look at those two faces, 
it's the gr the grain is you know live in a sense it's not static it's moving through the thickness of the piece so if you remove a lot of material to smooth that out sure by the time you put those together they may not look you know the way that they looked before um, so yeah absolutely if that's super important to you you want to minimize how much you have to process that surface after it's done so hopefully you have two nice jointed faces on both sides and you can get away with then making a nice clean cut down the center flipping them open and then just running them very lightly through either a drum sander or a planer uh, to remove as little material as possible. But the smoother the cut, the less you're going to have to remove. Got a question here from Donald Sarvis. I just took a travel assignment. We'll be gone for three months. What steps should I take to protect the cast iron in my shop? Plast is plastic enough or should I get more intense? He's in Springfield, Missouri. So. I'm always not the best person for this. I try to remind people that 99% of my woodworking career has been in Arizona and Denver. Dry. Two, two of the driest places in yeah. our country. Um, so my experience with this uh, is limited. But Missouri's humid. I'm yeah. from Missouri. Humid, wet. Well, what did you use on your table saw when you would travel for three months back in Missouri? <laughs> um, I would use Renaissance wax. <laughs> I think minimally you want that surface to be waxed. Yeah. Ideally, you want something a little more intense on there. Uh, I recommend T9 Bow Shield all the time. Yeah. Spray material. Uh, what we typically do if we're going to use it for our shop just as a maintenance thing, you spray it, then you wipe off the excess, then you wax it. I would suggest spraying it and leaving it because that stuff is super gross and sticky, uh, but that gross and stickiness is what's going to keep moisture out. So I don't think it's a bad idea to apply the T9 Bow Shield and just leave it like that while you're gone. And then when you come back, you could buff it out, add some wax, clean it up if you need to, put some mineral spirits on there to kind of reactivate it a little bit and then work it in. Um, I think that's what I would do. I know you can go even further with this stuff. Um, oh, what's that schmutz called? Cosmoline, I believe. So when you buy a brand new tool, that schmutz that's on there, and then they put like a wax paper on top of that, I believe it's called Cosmoline. That's something you could use for more long-term storage. But for three months, I don't know that you need to go that far. But then again, that place is humid. So Missouri is very humid. Opinions in the chat room. How far should he go for a three-month trip? I guess it also depends on the time of year, doesn't it? And where you have it stored. Yeah. Is it a condition space? Is Are it just a, a barn? Like a storage unit? Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of variables there. Okay. Joe Ferrone says, I know how much you hate high VOC. Sorry. Thought you were trying I to just touch was my itching. butt. I was itching Don't my back. Don't you touch my butt, woman. <laughs> I have a rattle can of lacquer. Uh, that I was going to use to finish a small project. When the finish dried, it appeared that I had used white paint on my beautiful walnut. Ugh. I know that high moisture content in the air applied to my garage could cause this, and that a second coat applied after sanding in a dry environment, air-conditioned shop after four days, should solve the problem. It didn't. Here's the question. Does lacquer go bad over time? This can was purchased in December 2018. I'm going to re-sand, try again with a new can. What do you think? So generally with, with finishes, you know, if we're talking about oil-based finishes, we're looking for clumps. You know, once you start to see the clumps develop, you know it's on its way out. Um, with lacquer, it may not go the same way. Uh, most of the time, the way I look at it is if it cures, it's still usable. So if you're not sure and you have an old can of finish or something like that, try it on a test piece. Does it cure in the typical requisite amount of time? If it does, then it's usually still good. If it doesn't, if it's tacky, if it does weird things, uh, then it might be past its, its prime. In your case, though, turning white, I mean, like as a sign that lacquer has gone bad, 
I mean, I haven't done a ton with lacquer outside of the, you know, cab acrylic stuff I used to use from Sherwin-Williams, and I always had fresh material. So maybe, but not to my knowledge. I would think if it's curing and it cured nice and hard, and you were actually able to sand it and it didn't goop up your sandpaper, it's probably okay. But at this stage, it wouldn't hurt to try a new can of lacquer, and a rattle can's not that expensive. Um, so I would definitely recommend trying the rattle can of lacquer. Um, I am a little bit concerned though, if you only sand it a little bit, you know, like scuff the surface and then apply another coat on top, I'm not 100% sure that you got rid of that moisture. Um, when you get that white haze, that is trapped moisture in the finish, and that's not always that easy to get out. So a light sanding may not have released all of it, and it may have fooled you into thinking that you had released that moisture, um, but, but you didn't. So I, that might be part of your problem too. Uh, Ben's woodworking and more said, Nicole, the and more is anything not woodworking. So quilting. But is there knitting. ever, come on, Jason, is there ever anything not woodworking? <laughs> I watch your stuff on Instagram. <laughs> Are you doing anything other than woodworking? <laughs> uh, let's see. Brian Thorpe. Brian. I want to put a dome top on a blanket chest. So that's like the, you know, this kind of deal. The, the um, whatchamacallit that you did years and years and years ago. Was originally going to be a dome. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Dwayne's steamer trunk. Yep, the steamer yeah. trunk. Okay, so dome top on a blanket chest that's 18 inches wide with a four inch rise in the middle. If the glue up of the boards for the top are two inches wide, how do you figure out the miter angle for cutting the boards? Is there an equation? I don't know. Um, but what I would recommend you do is look for a calculator. So I thought about this, and I know there are segmented turning calculators that you could, you know, kind of get what your radius or diameter is and then you could say what size your pieces are i don't know for sure that you could adapt it to what you're doing because if you're doing a dome top it really is a segment of a circle so if you're using a segmented turning uh, calculator you might be able to get there you'll just get a lot more things you don't need out of it the rest of the circle but you might be able to get the numbers to yield the segment you need that's the right length that's the route i would start with um, the other thing that you can do and a lot of times this is what I'll do. I'll go into SketchUp. I'll take some two-inch boards and I will sketch up a single version of that board with, I don't know, I'm throwing out a number with a, a five-degree bevel on each side or five-degree bevel on one side. The, one, the ones in the middle have to have it on both sides. But I will sketch a, a couple of these and I will link them all together. And then I'll start to measure the rise and I'll measure the length. It's brute force and it's trial and error. But sometimes if you got, you know, a couple hours to kill, that's one way to do it if you're not finding any luck with the calculators. Okay. Kim Erickson says, with all this talk on joint strength, is there a strength difference between a traditional mortise and tenon and a domino? According to tests that I've seen, Kim, absolutely. Um, fine woodworking. In fact, in the video that I did, I quoted some stuff from Fine Woodworking's article back in ugh, ugh, 2009. And uh, they did see a difference, a significant difference between traditional mortise and tenon joints and the domino. And you know what? I actually pre-glued some dominoes into some pieces for Philip Morley's bar stool that I'm working on. And when I did that, I just took a look at the domino as it sits in its, its happy little home. And when you take a close look, because of all those ridges around the outside, there's a lot of contact surface that is that's lost with the domino um, because it's not smooth. It's a very rigid design. Um, and depending on how you plunge your domino and whether you're going into end grain or you know side grain or face grain, the tightness of that domino can vary. 
You know, so there are factors at play that make the domino, you know, just naturally and the variability there, it's going to be a little bit less strong than a traditional mortise and tenon joint. Probably even a little less strong than a traditional slip mortise and tenon where you actually make the tenon yourself and then uh, cut the mortises with your router, you know, um, just because you size that a little bit more perfectly. But the question is, does it matter? I don't think so. I mean, for most of what we build, I'm perfectly happy using a domino, and I've never had a piece of furniture built with a domino that has failed on me. Joshua wants to know, what's your opinion on a parallelogram jointer? Well, lemon. <laughs> and dovetail way jointers, are there a noticeable advantage to either? The primary advantage is the setup, right? Uh, the calibration of a parallelogram jointer is much easier. As I understand it, it kind of stays calibrated a little bit better. The old dovetail ways uh, jointers are more of a pain in the butt. A lot of times you have to shim them if you want them to be calibrated if you have any um, problems with it. So um, generally speaking, the parallelograms are going to be easier in every way. They're just going to be more expensive. Got a super chat here from Sam Zimmerman. Okay. Uh, here in Portland, Oregon, for, is, that's Four Corner, right? Yep. Pacific Coast Maple is $3 a board foot. Yeah. I know it's quite soft and light comparable to hard maple, but are there applications you would or wouldn't use it for? Thanks for doing what you do. There's a bug. Well, I don't know anything specifically about Pacific Coast maple, like where it falls on Jenka hardness, mm. which is the scale that um, we typically... Is that a real thing? Jenka hardness? <laughs> yes, Nicole. I don't it's know. It's a real thing. I don't know. You make up stuff all the time. <laughs> you just make words up, and uh, I think you're joking. <laughs> Yeah, Jenka hardness. It's, a, it's the scale in which I believe they're pushing like a steel ball into the surface and uh, determining how deep the gotcha. dent is that determines how hard that particular species is. Oh, so I don't know exactly where Pacific Coast maple works into that, but, you know, if it's not that soft, uh, there's lots of things you could do with it. And it also depends on your tolerance for softness. Um, so I have a soft maple workbench. But there are people who have Douglas fir workbenches. There are people who have, you know, workbenches made with alder, um, pine, right? Th there's lots of softer woods that people are just fine using them in those applications. It has a rating of 850. Okay. And check soft maple. Soft maple. Good job, Nicole. Fast fingers over I know here. how to use Google. <laughs> 950 for soft maple. Okay, so it's not that... African mahogany is 830. Okay, so alder is 590. All right, so that's an important number. This actually helps me guide what I'm going to recommend because I don't think that that's that soft. Yeah, like you said, it's softer than hard maple, but is it so soft that you can't build furniture with mm. it? You can't do shop furniture. You could build a workbench from something like that. Um, it's softer than alder, and we have a lot of alder in our house. Mm -hmm. I just built um, hoochies. hoochies. You know the hoochies? The hoochies. I built some shutters out of alder, oh, yeah. and that's a super soft wood, but it's what we have in our home, and I had to match, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, given that number, I think that's just fine for whatever you want yeah, to make with it. You like yeah. the way it looks? Go ahead and use it. You like it? Use you it. like it? Use it. No problem. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. The I had never heard of Jenka. It's a real thing. I Thought you were. I wasn't. Jank I, I wasn't janking. Janking jank jank my you chain. Janking my chain. my chain. <laughs> Don't you jank my chain? No, I'm not janking. Okay, chain. good. Don't um, jank my chain. Well, there's a title for the show. <laughs> uh, Yoso. Yoso. In. Oh, hang on. We'll go back to Yoso. Ben Price, is the new workbench going to be a guild project? Mm. We're just talking about this tonight. 
Yes, it will be a guild project, no doubt about it. What I am debating, and you know what? Show of hands in the chat room. <coughs> this might help me make a decision. I'm trying to decide, because this is going to be a lower cost project, meaning it's not going to cost as much to purchase the guild project. It'll be lower cost. The project itself, the workbench, will be smaller, a little bit lighter. Uh, it's going to be less expensive in terms of the materials and much less expensive in terms of the hardware. Um, so one thing I'm considering, since a workbench is not necessarily that complicated in terms of how to build it, a lot of times people just want the dimensions. They just need that information. So I'm considering making on the main site a version of the plan that would be for sale outside of the guild. I just don't know if that's a great idea or not. It's just something I'm toying with. Um, so there, chew on that. If you guys think that's a good idea, let me know. Uh, but it definitely will be a guild project. Robert Price, didn't you just do a Robert Price? No, Ben, ben Price. Price. Uh, he's been a member on YouTube for 14 months. That's so cool how it does that. Uh, that is cool. The whiteboard said table saw cabinet in the plan. You're right. It does say that. <laughs> it is, yeah. I've got a, um, a metal cabinet, one of those gladiator cabinets. They're really nice for like garage uh, storage purposes. Okay, at Home Depot, didn't you? Yeah, super expensive though for what it is. Anyway, that little metal cabinet will be replaced at some point, just like the outfeed table was ready to be, you know, replaced at some point. So it's, it's in the works. May not be until 2022 at this point, but it's, it's in the works. I got a question from Yoso. Okay. How do you sand small pieces? I'm building small drawers for a router table and need to sand two inch by four inch pieces for the front and back drawers. That's annoying. How do you do that? Couple different ways you could do it. Um, you could double stick tape them down to the surface or you know, use the blue, tra uh, blue tape CA glue trick, get them down onto a piece of plywood and then you can kind of sand multiples at the same time. Um, if you need to sand them individually, you could do that as well. Um, but the idea is to basically immobilize them if you can. Uh, if you have the ability, sometimes at a workbench, if you can get a couple of pieces with very low dogs, you could just kind of pinch the dogs and this way you just use one hand to do a hand sanding. But I like the idea of attaching and immobilizing everything to a piece of plywood and then just kind of group sanding them just as a gang, sand them together uh, if possible. Bling. Okay, and this is my last question. Okay, good, because I have lots. JVT says, when jointing a board, how much pressure should you need to put on the board to keep it against the bed and to feed it across the cutter head? Uh, he's got a rigid jointer, six inch straight knife, Replaced the knives and did my best to set up the joiner based on March joiner setup video. However, I feel that I have to put a lot of downward force to keep it from chattering as it goes across the cutter head and to keep feeding the board. My cut depth um, cut depth is set to 1 16th. I suspect something is out of alignment or incorrectly set up. However, since this is my first jointer, maybe my expectations are wrong. They might be. It's This is so hard to, to help with if I'm not actually there to see it. A lot of times, I mean, I get chatter too, but it's usually on like ebony, extremely dense woods. That's when I tend to get chatter. If you're using something that's not that dense and just like a regular domestic hardwood, you should not be seeing a ton of chatter, especially if it's new knives. Um, but I can't answer whether something's out of calibration unless you tell me you're seeing something in the result of the cuts that's like, oh, it's not flat. It's cutting a taper. Um, it's sniped at the end. It's really hard for me to know if I don't have all the symptoms in place here. So yeah, it could be a calibration issue, certainly. Um, but to, to, let me just, you know, specifically answer your question. How hard should you have to push down? Not that hard. 
Wax the tables, you know, make sure you got a good coat of wax on the tables and the fence so that you have as little friction as possible. And usually, I just put a little bit of body weight on it. I'm not really pushing down very hard. Uh, if you're pushing down hard and you're muscling this thing through, something is wrong. It's just really hard for me to tell you exactly what is wrong. Um, so yeah, wax the tables, uh, you know, double check and make sure you're not taking off more than a 16th. Maybe the scale is off. So double check, make sure, and go, maybe go a little less than a 16th. Just see, you know, see how it behaves. Don't be afraid to bring it all the way up and then just give it a little tappy tap. Bring it down a little bit so it's even less than a 16th. Take that light, light pass. See what that feels like, okay? And hopefully that will help. But again, I just need more info to give you a like a definitive answer. You can start looking at, we've gotten quite a few super chat as you've been talky talking in. Yeah, I'm about done talking here. <laughs> you already did Sam's. Okay. You scroll. There's an, another one you just passed too. There's okay, one right Donald there. Sardis. Donald. Oh, we answered his question. He oh. just said, thanks for the prompt and helpful answer to my question. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Donald. Okay. We've got KKHK. <laughs> yep. Okay. Just bought the Bell Forest Rubo Lumber Kit in Soft Maple. When it arrives, should I let the boards acclimate to my shop in Colorado before milling? You know, it's not going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately. Because where is that coming from? Minnesota? Uh, where are they? Michigan? Uh, Michigan? Mi- I think Michigan, might be I think, Michigan. Yeah, you're Michigan. Yeah. The, one of the things that will help you, because otherwise you're flying blind, right? When we do a acclimation of material that came in from another place, it's always a good idea. But we're flying blind. We're guessing. We're assuming it's different than our shop. So let's let it sit in our shop for a while so it acclimates. Um, but if you have a moisture meter, you can get a little bit more information here. So I think that's the key, is knowing where the wood is at. Um, you don't know what percentage moisture it's at right now, so you don't know where you're going, so you don't know how long you need to wait and what to monitor while you wait. So not a bad idea, but I think you need a moisture meter to have a, some sense of how long you're waiting for and if it's even going to make a difference if you wait. Um, it is for a workbench, so we're talking about a big piece of furniture. I don't think you need to be that worried about the wood movement, um, mostly because the wood is kiln dried. It's good quality stock from Bell Forest. So it's not gonna be that far off from your target. Um, You could even start maybe doing a little bit of pre-milling. Sometimes if I have enough material to remove, um, I'll joint and then plane, take a little bit off of each face to kind of help speed up that acclimation, but only do that um, if you have the additional thickness available. James Reed did a nice super chat. Thanks. Thank you for the question answered and putting up with my sense of humor. It's okay. (laughs) Carry on, he says. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Joe, uh, how do you say that? Farone. Farone. Thanks for all the great content. Wait, no, not Farone. It's Farone. Farone. There you go, Joe. That's what you get for your uh, super chat. Us you get demolishing 14, your last 14 name. Fourteen incorrect versions of your last name. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Pazan is that is he Pazan? Pazan. 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 Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the last Pazan. Well, it's a good Italian name. <laughs> yes. As a bad Italian, I can't pronounce a good Italian name. <laughs> I don't even pronounce mine correctly. Uh, Richard Ash just did a super chat. He said I was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, it's very treatable, but I was wondering if there was still a way to donate to woodworkers fighting cancer. Um, yes, and I'm so sorry to hear that you're going through this. I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Um, last year, we worked with St. Jude, and if you go to woodworkersfightingcancer.com, all of that information is still there. Uh, in fact, we leave it up all year round so people can still come in and make donations to St. Jude. 
So the, our team page is still there. If I'll put a link to that team page in the chat. Um, and, uh, it was, I was really, um, happy that we reached our goal last year. Uh, I can tell you right now, cause I know someone also asked me about woodworkers fighting cancer. Uh, I don't, I don't have the mental energy to do woodworkers fighting cancer this year. It's going to be tricky because here's the thing as a business, as a family, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and to pull that off requires a lot of coordination Especially at a time right now, this is about when we'd be thinking about it. Yes, September. And we now, like, uh, it's a bit, I'm going to call it the calm before the storm, but it's been anything but calm. Uh, John and I have been busting our butts to get the Morley bar stools ready for launch. uh, Because in a week or so, um, Todd is coming out from Texas. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go to Mike Farrington's shop and film there for several days. And then we're coming back here to film a guild project in my shop. I can't even get him to think about building something right now. But look, we we, um, are in a position now that lots of ad things are coming our way. Companies want to advertise with us. I told Nicole yesterday... Until Christmas, I'm done. Yeah. Like, cut it off. I cannot think about, you know, servicing advertisers. Uh, I need to focus on the, the videos we're making just to get this stuff out. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't blame you. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough year. Well, and I'm starting up kind of a, sec, a second Did you want to talk about it? Isn't it an after show topic? Yeah, it's an after show topic. No, but, it's fine. But people, it, people like to hear the off topics. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. So I'm, I'm doing some interesting stuff with my career too um that's pulling me away from extra things so anyway in short please donate to saint jude's they're an amazing uh, organization well and the good thing is even though we're not currently running our campaign keep in mind we're not a charity no we just organize people and get people to donate to the charity of choice. Yeah. So it was St. Jude last couple of times, I think. Mm-hmm. Cancer Care. Cancer Care, um, American Cancer uh, Research Institute. That was a lot. CRI. CRI, Cancer Research they Institute. They do a lot of amazing stuff with immunotherapy. So we've done a lot of different uh, things. Those charities, those organizations, they're all still out there. We're just sort of the funnel that directs people toward whatever the charity is that year. Um, so that it will always be there if you want mm-hmm. to, um, to help and uh, hopefully... Yeah, cancer Re- everything goes okay. Cancer Research Institute is at cancerresearch.org. Um, really great organization. I love seeing what they're doing with immunotherapy. <laughs> we hadn't talked at all about what we're going to do for WFC this year. Yeah. You just took a giant weight off my shoulders. Does everyone see how much more relaxed I am right now? <laughs> because I just, this I just, was not a planned thing. Well, it came up in the chat and I go... It's September, and I have We keep going, yeah, yeah, we're doing it. Of course we're doing yeah. it. We do it every year. But some years, it's a little tougher than others. Yeah, it's hard to juggle a lot of things. All right. Juggling in balls, Nicole. <laughs> yes. You can do it. <laughs> I got a question here from Boilermaker Woodworking Co. Hold on, Dyslexic oh. Dog says thanks oh, for everything yes. you do for the Aww, community. Well, thanks. thank you, Dyslexic Dog. Uh, anyway. Do you think a Dyslexic Dog chews the bone from the wrong end? Every time I see that name, I, I want to figure out what this dyslexic dog, how does it manifest in a dog? What, what's the... Arf. What's the phenotype? <laughs> Rough. Reef. I don't know. Yeah, how, do you say, how do you do a bark backwards? <laughs> anyway, Boilermaker. He says, is there a general rule of thumb of storing lumber, i.e. vertical, horizontal? Didn't you have a whole video on that? I got some video on it. <laughs> you got a video on that. Got a couple videos on it. Because you've done both. You've done horizontal 
And well, you have horizontal and you have vertical. Yeah, I think as long as vertical means like truly almost perfectly vertical, just a little bit of a lean, I have no problem storing wood vertically. Um, a lot of people prefer to do it horizontally. I find vertical more efficient. If it's vertical, you can kind of leaf through it. Uh, you don't necessarily have the weight of boards on top of other boards. And it's like, I want the one on the bottom. Well, what a giant pain in the butt. If they're just kind of leaned up against the wall, you could rotate your stock, you can move things around. Uh, I think it also depends on what kind of wall storage like you have available. Sometimes maybe a horizontal rack is the most efficient. Sometimes the vertical is most efficient. To me, I think vertical might be more efficient in almost every case now that I think about it. But I'm a big fan of the vertical, but there's nothing wrong with horizontal storage if that's what you want to do. I just personally think vertical. Oh, geez. Vertical is better. Got a question here from Ivan. What's your favorite tool? Do you have a favorite tool? Domino. John. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're my favorite tool. <laughs> you know, I actually, that's a, that's a good one. I do think the domino is one of my favorite tools. Um, mostly from the, the perspective that it made one of the most, you know, one of the more time-consuming and also important things in woodworking, the mortise and tenon, it just made it that much easier. Someone asked me recently, are you going to ever, you know, get back into like panta router or multi-router? Mm -hmm. And I started answering the question and saying, well, you know what, my audience, uh, I don't want to outpace the audience. I want to use things that the audience has. And then I was like, but he's going to fire back, but you use the domino. And then I realized, I'm like, here's the, here's the difference, though. Those are great tools, panda router, multi-router, fantastic tools. If you want a more traditional mortise and tenon joint and you want it to be you know, more accurate and faster, that's the way to do it. But if I'm going to do a cheat joinery, I'm going to really cheat. Like, I'm going to go fast. I want to get it done. And the domino is that. The tenons are already made. I just go boom, 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 and I'm done. So if I'm going to use a shortcut type of joinery or a specialty machine... Uh, it's got to save me a ton of time. That's the reason I'm using it. Um, the multi-router and panther router, yes, they will save you time over a traditional setup, but they're not going to be faster than a domino. So that's really, I don't even know how I got to this point. What was the question? I don't know. Oh, your favorite tool. Oh, <laughs> I just went off on this tangent. I'm like, I don't even know how I got here. Um, so that's, I, I just think the domino was a real industry game changer. I really think it was a great invention. Mm-hmm. Nice super chat from Nicholas P. Nicholas P. Nikki P. You're Nikki P. I know, I'm Nikki P. <laughs> uh, thanks for all you do. Um, you too do. Well, thank you, Nicholas P. And then I, I missed a super chat here from before you did Dyslexic Dog from, uh, is it George? George? Mm -hmm. um, Jorge? Jorge? Or George? Mr. Whisper. Yes. Does, do I, Nicole, appreciate how fortunate I am to be married to a woodworking guy. She does not. No. <laughs> Thanks to both of you. I know you're joking. She does not. Let's just be honest about it. She I'm sorry. Uh, she takes it for a granted. Because I helped build you. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Take it easy there, little missy. In the sense that I supported you. I made you. <laughs> wow. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> No, Knock, knocking me no, down a few pegs. No, no, no. You know what I mean. You know what I mean, and you know what I mean. In the sense that I could see science was not your passion. Woodworking mm -hmm. was your passion. Uh -huh. So I encouraged you. Sure. <laughs> uh, James Berry says, the dyslexic, agnostic, insomniac, lay awake, wondering if there really, really is a dog. <laughs> that's probably yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. 
I uh, got a question here from I'm looking for the marvelous one. Are benchtop bandsaw bandsaws capable of resawing three quarter, uh, three three quarter, three, three quarter inch, four inch wide, three four inch wide hardwood boards? I'm guessing resaw blades wouldn't even fit this benchtop. Yeah, and you don't need a resaw blade. You need just a good blade with, uh, you know, th like I said before, like well, again, it depends on the size, but about three to four teeth per inch. Um, Michael Fortune has had some demos that I've seen uh, where he just uses a good old 14-inch saw and does amazing resawing. The microphone's wonky. Uh, he has done some amazing resawing on it with just a well-tuned saw, a good blade, and a little bit of patience. So it can totally be done. You know, a benchtop version, well, I mean, now you're starting to get down into a power question. Can it power through the hardwoods? I think it probably can still be done if you're very patient. I can say that I'd, you know, I would grow tired of that pretty quickly if it's something you're going to do a lot of, um, just because it is a little bit underpowered for the job. But it might be possible. You want to look for questions? I'll read one from Scott Walsh. I'm looking. Uh, did you use a card scraper or a cabinet scraper? Do you use a card scraper or a cabinet scraper more? I know they're slightly for different purposes. Card. <clears throat> I like the visibility of a card scraper, while card. a cabinet scraper is easy on the hands. What do we sell? Do we sell a card, card scraper? We sell card scrapers. Yeah, I really only break out the cabinet scraper, um, like on tabletops. You know, if I'm trying to finesse some maybe slightly uneven joints and I want to try to flatten it and don't want to use a hand plane on it, that's when I bust that guy out. Um, but a card scraper is, you know, you could use it easily on little edges. You can get it into small places. Um, you can go fine. You can go coarse with it. Be aggressive if you need to. Um, I, I generally will reach for the card scraper more than the cabinet scraper. Wait, so I'm going to put a link to our card scraper. I'm going to say, we sell that. <laughs> we sell that thing, yo. <laughs> the card scraper. Uh, we still have mugs left, too. I don't know how many we have left, but Mark also has a mouse card scraper that um, he sells. Do I sells. have any over here? I don't know. The little mouse scraper. This little guy. Squeak, squeak. I need to do a project with this so people can see how useful yeah. this mouse scraper is. This thing is, is one of my favorite. Great for curves, uh, seats. You're doing a chair seat, bar stool seat, something like that. This thing's awesome. You have any, do you find any questions? I'm going, I'm looking. You're looking. Edward Collins says, hey, I have a Delta 3670 table saw and the arbor is pretty short. I don't feel comfortable pulling, putting a whole three quarter inch dado stack on is there a way I can add a longer arbor? I don't know. I mean, not that I know of, but I also don't know everything there is to know about a Delta 36725. My guess is, given the caliber of saw that is, that I don't know that you're just going to like be able to off the shelf get a longer arbor. The other question is whether you should. A lot of times when a tool has a capacity limitation on it, there's a good reason for it. Then that if you were able to somehow extend that arbor and put a full three quarter inch stack on there, maybe that saw wouldn't be very happy with that extra meat on that arbor. So um, I don't think so, but I cannot say I know for sure. Okay. Uh, James Martin said, greetings from Memphis, Tennessee. St. Jude's is such a wonderful organization. It's what brought my family here from Michigan. Mm. They are an amazing organization to work for. Thank you. Excellent. That's awesome, James. Uh, Jason Bent. <laughs> Jason! He's, uh, he's busy tonight with a few bucks to burn. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Jason. He says, will you be going to WorkbenchCon again? 
When is that? It's coming up in um, February. February, I believe. It's, it's September. Yes, and uh, in, I guess, in several months uh, yeah, will be yeah, in yeah, February. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't... You know what's weird about February? It happens every year. I know. <laughs> At least once a year. So. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I was thinking about that the other day. Do I feel like going? It's It's like... It's such a good time. Yeah. When I'm there, I think if I went it's with so you, much fun. it would be fun. Yeah, it would make life a lot easier for me. And then um, I would be like, I don't really feel like going. Do you feel like going? No, I don't feel like. Let's just go back to the hotel. <laughs> Let's go get ice cream. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> it was such a blast last year. Um, was it last year? Well, two years ago. The, no. The, le, le, the last year it occurred. Which was. It was a lot of fun. 2020. Yeah. It was last year. Mm-hmm. It feels like. 10 years ago. It was right before the pandemic hit. I remember posting a picture on Instagram of all my antibacterial and hand wipes and everything that I brought with me because I was already kind of a germaphobe. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a great event. I know I'm going to be upset if I don't go, like Mm. when I watch people post from it. And it was so much fun, but I I hate traveling so much that I will let that get in the way of me doing what is best (laughs) for me and for the business or even just for something I would find to be a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, there if the place is still open, there is a seafood boil place mm. that Matt and I went to. That alone is kind of worth flying in for, <laughs> is to have another dinner with Matt yeah. and share a bowl of sweet uh, ocean creatures. Yes. My God, it was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> and I want to go back. Um, well, it'll be like, you know, remember what happened last time? I said I wasn't going to go. Yeah. Then Matt came out to visit. And he's talking about it. And he talked it. you into it. Well, he, he didn't. He, he denies talking me into it, but I, I believe he did. And, uh, and then I'm like scrambling to find a ticket to try and get there. So, <laughs> Jesus, Betty. I feel like if, God forbid, the Spags get divorced, episodes of TWW Live will be exhibits C, D, and F. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, we'd like to uh, submit this to the judge. I made you. I made you. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Darth Platitude said, so when you come to Florida to get tattooed, can I use a router? <laughs> Ouchie. Eh, no. Maybe, if it's in Milwaukee. Uh, Florida okay. bearded woodworker. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because he's in Florida and he's got a beard. Um, and he's a woodworker. He is a woodworker. <laughs> do you ever do any segmented wood turning or wood turning at all? Actually, the last time I did a turning was a segmented ring, and it wasn't actually like a vessel. Or anything. It was actually just a ring that I wanted to. I wanted to make a circle out of wood. Um, so that was the last turning I did. I don't do much turning at all. It's not something I find all that fun. I know that sounds crazy, especially for people who like really love to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't grab me. So I turn when I have a thing that needs to be round. Otherwise, I invite Ashley out here. And we, make, <laughs> we make videos using my lathe. Uh, Jason Spenny did have a question. He goes, "Do you need to roll the burr?" on the corner of the card sp- scraper when using it on an interior corner. What? Uh, eh. Roll the burr on a corner of a card scraper. I mean, you roll when the you burr did... on the flats yeah. to the corner. Can you roll a burr on the corner? I would imagine if you were able to do that and you start scraping the inside of a cabinet to get into an inside 90 degree corner, you might do more harm than good. Uh, generally what you want is that burr to go right up to the corner and then run nice and tight you know into there and i actually don't even 
usually don't roll a burr on the sides of my scrapers. I just do the two long faces. I suppose if I needed it, I would, I would go on the side, but I usually don't. So uh, typically this is smooth on mine, and that's allowing me to go into the corner, because I'm not scraping two surfaces at once, really. I'm focusing on one at a time. But I don't 100% I don't know if I understand what you're asking, but only roll the burr on the long surfaces. That's what I usually do. Did you get JVT's question? Uh-huh. Yep. Jointing, jo jointing the board about how much pressure? Yep. Okay. Well, here, I think this is who JVT is. Otherwise, it's a coincidence. John Van Toil, Toil? Uh, what Festool dust extractor do you have? Are you happy with the size of it? How frequently does John have to empty it? <laughs> John doesn't empty it enough, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I actually am, am fortunate to have multiple extractors. I've got one, uh, one tall boy. I don't know if it's like, because they change the numbers at some point, so I don't remember them all. It's the larger size. That's our, our cleanup unit and it is backup so we use that to vacuum the shop and then if i need uh like a remote task where i need dust collection that's the unit we'll just roll over there um and then the one that i have my boom arm attached to is like the 30 something in the 30 range that's perfectly fine um the thing is most of the time the footprint doesn't get that much bigger the bigger you go what you're getting is more capacity and then it gets a little bit taller unless they've changed things over at festival i don't know for sure so typically, that's how you gauge how big you want to go, and obviously budget is a concern too, but um, how often do you want to replace the bag? Go with the bigger unit because it's going to take longer. But if you're on a job site, you got to lug this thing around and throw it in the back of your truck, uh, you don't necessarily want this big giant thing. You want something that's a little bit more portable. So really depends on the use case. How often? Really just depends on the work we're doing. Um, it's hard to, to nail that down. All right, guess what? We gotta finish up. We gotta wrap this up. Yep. And head on over to the after show uh, where we will talk. Sam wants to know the name of the restaurant. I think you're talking about the seafood one. Do you remember it? Yeah. Pir uh, Pirates Boil. Pirates Boil. I think so. Pirates Seaf Booty. I think it's Pirates Boil. Or, yeah, Pirates. <laughs> That's my, fa my daughter's favorite snack is Pirates Booty. <laughs> I think it's Pirate's Boil. That's it, yep. Yep. In Georgia, the Pirate's Boil. So if you are a sporter on YouTube at any level, uh, go to the YouTube channel, click on Community. You'll see the link to the video right there. Uh, if you're a supporter on pa uh, Patreon, again, any level, mm -hmm. um, I put the link in the chat, which I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's about it, huh? Ah. <laughs> so, so there's somebody in the chat sharing a joke and I'm like I didn't realize it, it was a joke okay. and I'm like what are you talking about and Tomasa tells me that he's sharing a bad joke 20 or 200 characters at a time <laughs> seems long because I, I, I feel like I've read it a few times yeah. so it's been going on for it's a while <laughs> should we stay should we keep the stream going so we can finish his joke I think it's okay <laughs> I don't want to ruin the joke. I'm just cutting, you know, cut and paste and maybe Google the joke, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sam, I've only been there once and it was incredible. So I can't, you know, say if they're still any good. But my goodness, when we were there, oh boy, was it good. Okay. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Mm -hmm. And I guess we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Let's do the after show. It's the after show.